Surprise! I'm back! Well, sort of. Kinda. I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, here's a question for everyone. What do you think has been the more surprising this year? A. That the Carolina Cardinals didn't make the playoffs for the first time ever since joining the league? B. That the Wrigleyville Woo were almost 100 games back in their division? C. The year the Crawford Cramps have put together? Or D. Listening to a podcast from the Scottsdale Scorpions, a team that doesn't even exist? I think I'm going to have to go with D here myself. Anyways, welcome to episode 5 of The Stinger, and in this episode we'll be taking a look at the playoff matchups and make some predictions on who can win it all this year in the BDL. But before we jump into that, maybe we should address the elephant in the room. Maybe you some are wondering, why is this asshole back? And to answer that, I would say this. If you enjoy playing in fantasy leagues of any type, it is really hard to find leagues where everyone is committed to it. Whether you are in the playoff hunt or the last place team, to have active owners who are still staying in their lineups, still making trades, and still working the waiver wire is a rare thing to find in my opinion. To find a league where not just one, but to have two very active commissioners who stay on top of things and try to make sure that everyone stays engaged and that things run smoothly is a hard thing to find. And on top of that, you have the forum where we can interact with each other, listen to some podcast stuff, and have some type of a community, or should I even say family feel, it's a hard thing to find. And that is what I need. All right, well, maybe then the next question one might ask is, why did you leave if everything you just said was so great? Well, that too is a great question. I think because of my childish, immature behavior mixed in with frustration with other things that were happening outside the BDL, got the better of me. I overreacted to some minor issues and made a mountain out of a molehill, and then made a snap decision at the wrong time instead of taking some time to cool down and relax some. Okay, now the next question might some have is, well, that's great, but how's this going to affect them from their team standpoint? And to that, I would say, it doesn't. I have not asked Scotty to find me a way into the league. My only request to him was that once the team does become available again, whether that's next year, five years from now, or ten years down the road, could I have it? And after some discussions, he said, well, you have to add some content to the forum in the form of podcasting again. And I was like, okay, I think I could do that. And then shortly later, he sends me an email that says, okay, your podcasts are now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a slew of other slice. And I was like, well, that's a bit scary. But then I was like, well, no one's really going to listen to these things anyways besides me, so who cares? Game on. So with that, I would like to say a special thank you to Scotty and to Chris for allowing this old dog with his tail tucked between his legs the opportunity to be part of this community once again. And as the hairband Cinderella once sung about, you don't know what you got until it's gone. Hopefully it won't get too awkward with me just lingering around here like some creepy old stalker waiting for someone to bell. Alright, enough with me rambling on. Let's get into why we're actually here. It's playoff time, baby. Congratulations to the eight teams this year who have made it to the playoffs, which is not always an easy feat. Most teams have even been here before and on a regular basis, and have probably even won it in the past a time or two, with only the Monk 10 Mounties making their first appearance as the first-year owner. I could see five of the eight teams with a good chance of winning it this year, and as discussed many times before, don't necessarily have to have the best team in the league to win it all. You just need a little bit of luck. Sometimes it comes down to the major league schedule. Are your guys in tough matchups or in easy matchups? Maybe it's the health of your team. Do you have key guys on the IL 
or do you have key guys coming off the IL? Maybe it comes down to who has more pitching starts for the week. Or maybe it's just your players are on a hot streak or a cold streak. So if a lot of things align just right for you, you could be one hoisting up the championship trophy when all is said and done. So the five teams I think have a reasonable shot at winning it all this year are the Rockland Rockets, the Crawford Cramps, the Boston Double Downs, the Malibu Bay Bears, and the NorCal Damage Inc. I don't really see the Gotham City Generals or the Monktunk Maltese or the Kill Devil Hill Elevation winning it all this year. But with that being said, watch one of them prove me wrong and end up winning this thing and then shoving it in my face. So let's take a closer look at the first round matchups and see how things might play out. Let's start in the ACL where we have, in my opinion, the best team this year. And the reason I say this is because he's top five in all the categories across the board. He has no holes and no weaknesses. And to be honest, he's probably one of the best owners ever in the BDL and the Rockland Rockets with the number one seed who will be facing the playoff run god, the NorCal Damage Inc., who has a number four seed. And I think this is the time that we stop saying every year that this is the year the damage doesn't make the playoffs and just live with the fact that every year the damage is going to make the playoffs. Okay, these two teams have played each other three times this year in the regular season. The first time was in week three when the damage beat the Rockets 7-3, taking all the categories except for stolen bases, wins, and saves. But the Rockets played well below their weekly averages in all those categories he lost. Batting average, the damage was 229, the Rockets were 221. Home runs, damage was 16, the Rockets were 12. RBIs, the damage was 39, the Rockets were 28. Runs, the damage was 39, the Rockets were 26. Stolen bases, the Rockets were 6, the damage was 5. In Ks, the damage was 86, the Rockets were 66. In ERA, damage was 3.9050, the Rockets were 5.0233. Whip, damage was 1.1405, Rockets were 1.2558. In wins, Rockets had 6, damage had 3. In saves, Rockets had 6, damage had 3. They then met again in week 13 with a very different results. The Rockets slaughtered the damage 8-1-1, taking all the categories except for RBI, where he only lost by 2 points, and tying in saves where they each had 7. None of the other categories were even close. Batting average, Rockets 289, the damage was 219. Home runs, Rockets were 18, damage were 11. RBI, damage was 40, Rockets were 38. Runs, Rockets were 55, damage was 39. Stolen bases, Rockets were 7, damage was 4. Ks, Rockets 82, damage 69. ERA, Rocket 4.1306, damage 4.6821. Whip, Rockets 1.2985, damage 1.4913. Wins, Rockets 8, damage 3, and then saves, again, they both had 7. Lastly, they met up for the final week of the regular season where the Rockets handled the damage pretty easily, winning 8-2, only losing runs and saves. Batting average, Rockets 2-6-2, damage 2-5-4. Home runs, Rockets 15, damage 14. RBIs, Rockets 37, damage 35. Runs, damage 45. Rockets 39, stolen bases, Rockets 8, damage 3, Ks, Rockets 84, damage 73, ERA, Rockets 3.9913, damage 4.1617, Whip, Rockets 1.1478, damage 1.2293, Wins, Rockets 4, damage 2, and Saves, damage 5, Rockets 4.
Now let's take a look at their weekly averages to see where things stand, where Rockets come out on top and win every category. For average, the Rockets 2.68, damage 2.53, home runs, Rockets 13.5, damage 11.1, RBI, Rockets 39.7, damage 37.9, runs, Rockets 42.3, damage 37.9, Stolen bases, Rockets 6.7, damage 3.4, K's, Rockets 76.5, the damage 70.7, wins, Rockets 5.1, damage 4.6, saves, Rockets 4.9, damage 2.9, ERA, Rockets 3.61, damage 3.95, whip, Rockets 1.17, damage 1.23. Now looking at their trends for the last three weeks, the Rockets are still pretty steady. They've been falling back a little bit on average stolen bases and ERA, but everything else is a little bit higher. And the NorCal damage is actually trending up in a lot of their hitting categories, average runs, RBIs, and home runs, and also saves and whips as they uh, are trending up in. Let's look at their head-to-head -head breakdown for the whole season. And this is not including week the last week, week 21. The Rockets are 129, 63, and 8 against the damage. So that's a pretty commanding advantage for the Rockets. Lastly, let's see who has the number of advantages and the number of starts for the week. And it looks like the Rockets maybe have a one-game advantage over the, uh, over the damage, with the Rockets having 12 starts and the damage having 11 starts. So that's pretty even. With all that being said, I'm going to go with the Rockets in this one with the score being 8-2 and the damage taking the home runs and the wins. Next, let's take a look at the next matchup in the ACL where we have the godfather of the BDL, the Gotham City Generals, with the number two seed facing the up-and-down Boston Double Downs, who has the number three seed. These two teams have played each other twice this year in the regular season. First in week five, where the Boston Double Downs won 6-3-1, only losing stolen bases, ERA, and whip, and tying in home runs. Batting average, the double downs was .268, Gotham City Generals was .237, home runs, they were both tied at 10, RBI, double downs was 43, Generals 35, runs, double downs 41, Generals 28, stolen bases, Generals 7, double downs 4, Ks, double downs 73, Generals 53, ERA, Generals 3.489, Double Downs 4.5, Whip, Generals 1.2449, Double Downs 1.3108, Wins, Double Downs 6, Generals 4, Saves, Double Downs 3, Generals 2. They then met up again in Week 18, where again the Double Downs won 631, this time losing average home runs, RBIs, and tying in stolen bases. Batting average generals was .267, double downs was .262, home runs generals 10, double downs 6, RBIs 30 for the generals, double downs 26, runs, double downs 37, generals 34, stolen bases, they each had 4, Ks double downs 73, generals 60, ERA double downs 2.2605, Generals 4.3784, whip, double downs 1.0326, 
Generals was 1.2324. Wins, double downs was 4. Generals was 3. Saves, double downs was 5. Generals was 2. Now let's also take a look at their weekly averages where the double downs win 8 of the 10 categories, only losing average and stolen bases. For average, the Generals 264, double downs 249, home runs, double downs are 11.6, Generals are 9.1, RBI, double downs are 39.2, Generals are 33.1, runs, double downs are 36.4, Generals are 34.9, stolen bases, Generals are 4.5, double downs are 3.5, Ks, Double downs, 82.4. Generals, 55.4. Wins, double downs, 5.2. Generals, 4.3. Saves, double downs, 2.9. Generals, 1.9. ERA, double downs, 3.72. Generals are 4.3. Whip, double downs are 1.2. Generals are 1.23. Now let's look at the trends for the last three weeks and we see where the generals are trending down in every category except for average and stolen bases. And the double downs are also trending down in every category except for saves and ERA. So both teams currently are on a down streak. Now let's take a look at their head-to-head -head breakdown for the whole season where the double downs are 106, 86, and 8 against the generals. Lastly, UC has the advantage in the number of starts, where the double downs have a decent size advantage with 16 starts to the general 11 starts. So with all that being said, I'm going to stick with what happened in the previous two matchups with the double downs winning 6-3-1 against the generals. With the generals taking average stolen bases and whip, and then tying in runs. Now let's take a look at the PCL, where we have the Crawford Cramps at the number one seed, it looks like they have figured out their pitching issues from the past, facing one of the best team names in the BDL, the Kill Devil Hill Elevation, who slipped into the final playoff spot with a number four seed. These two teams have faced each other two other times this year. First in week three, where their cramps won 8-2-0, taking all categories except for batting average and RBIs. Batting average, Kill Devil Hill Elevation was 2.47, cramps was 2.30, Home runs, cramps was 15, elevation was 11, RBI, elevation was 37, cramps was 30, runs, cramps was 41, elevation was 33, stolen bases, cramps was 8, elevation was 7, Ks, cramps was 91, elevation was 36, ERA, cramps was 4.691, elevation was 6.7869, whip, Cramps was 1.4225, elevation was 1.6230, cramps for the wins was 4, kill devil hill was 0, and the saves, cramps was 3, and elevation was 2. A little surprising that the elevation was so low in K's and wins that week, that's usually where he dominates everybody. And then they met again the last week of the regular season where the elevation won 640, losing stolen bases, ERA, whip, and saves, which is a bit of a surprise and not a good sign for the cramps, losing the categories she should be dominating in of home runs, RBIs, and runs. Batting average for the week, elevation was 264, cramps was 
246. Home runs, elevation 15, cramps 11. RBI, elevation 45, cramps 30. Runs, elevation 47, cramps 35. Stolen bases, cramps 7, elevation 2. Ks, elevation 110, cramps 71. ERA, cramps 4.2704, elevation 5.0677. Whip, cramps 1.2245, elevation 1.4585. Wins, elevation 6, cramps 4. And saves, cramps 3, elevation 2. Now let's take a look at their weekly averages, where the cramps win every category except for Ks. Average, cramps 269, elevations 253. Home runs, cramps is 14.9, elevations 10.5. RBI, cramps 441.2, elevations 35.1. Runs, cramps, 43.9. Elevations, 34.8. Stolen bases, cramps, 5.5. Elevations, 2.6. Ks, elevations, 77.5. Cramps, is 75.2. Wins, cramps, is 5.2. Elevations, 4.4. Saves, cramps, is 3.5. Elevations, 0.9. ERA, cramps 3.78, elevations 5.10, whip, cramps 1.2, elevations 1.41. Now I'm just going to do a quick look at the last three weeks and see how these teams are trending. And the cramps for the last three weeks have been trending down in average home run, RBIs, Ks, and wins. And the elevation has been trending up in average home run, RBIs, runs, stolen bases, and whip. So we can see here why the elevation won last week. It's because one team is trending down and the other team's trending up. The question is going to be, does this trend continue going into the playoffs? And I don't necessarily think so. I want to take a quick look at what their head-to-head -head breakdown would have been for the whole season between the two teams, where the cramps are 157, 37, and 6 over the elevation. And that is a pretty good margin of victory for one team over another. Lastly, I just want to see who has the advantage in the number of starts for the week. And uh, I think this is pretty obvious. The elevation is going to have a huge advantage with 21 starts, the cramps 12, but 10 of those starts for the elevation are pitchers who are currently in their minors. I didn't really look closely enough to see if he has a way to get them all in or not, but I'm sure he does. So with all that being said, I'm going to go with the Crawford Cramps bouncing back from his down offense over the last few weeks and blow out the elevation with a final score of 8-2 with the elevation taking the K's and the wins categories. All right, last matchup around one, we had the ringmaster of the BDL, the Malibu Bay Beers, who eked out the North Division title and he'll go against the second seed, and we'll be facing the newcomer to the league, the Monk Tunk Mounties, who has the number three seed. Quick side note here, my wife's cousin is an actual Mountie. I can't actually remember exactly where in Canada he is located. Also, my wife was born in Toronto, and both of her parents were from Regina, where a lot of their families still live. Last, both my daughters have dual citizenship between the U.S. and Canada. Anyways. Congratulations to Steven on your first appearance in the playoffs and for recognizing that you had a decent team 
didn't need to completely blow it up. But I also would say you haven't done much to improve it either. So these two teams have met three times this year. First in week three where the Mounties pretty easily beat the Beers 7-2-1, only losing stolen bases, Ks, and tying in wins. Batting average, Mounties 2.38, Beers 2.76. Home runs, Mounties 16, Beers 14. RBIs, Mounties 50, Beers 42. Runs, Mounties 55, Beers 35. Stolen bases, Beers 8, Mounties 3. Ks, Beers 84, Mounties 74. ERA, Mounties 2.7931, Beers 3.4980, WHIP, Mounties 0.9310, Beers 1.2267. They both tie with four wins and saves the Mounties 7 and the Beers 5. The next time they met up in Week 13 was a completely different story where the Beers killed the Mounties 9-1-0, losing only average. Batting average, Mounties was 0.262. Beers was .246. Home runs, Beers 20, Mounties 11. RBIs, Beers 57, Mounties 43. Runs, Beers 44, Mounties 37. Stolen bases, Beers 5, Mounties 2. Ks, Beers 76, Mounties 55. ERA, Beers 3.6323. Mounties 8.404. Whip, Beers 1.2377. Mounties 1.7285, wins Beers 3, Mounties 2, and saves Beers 3, Mounties 2. Lastly, they met up in the last week of the regular season where the Bears pretty easily beat the Mounties 7-1, losing average RBI and tying and stalling bases. Batting average, Mounties 0.269, Beers 2.38, home runs Beers 14, Mounties 8, RBI Mounties 30, Beers 29, runs, Beers 36, Mounties 31. Stolen bases, they both had four. Ks, Beers 59, Mounties 35. ERA, Beers 2.578, Mounties 4.8396. Whip, Beers 1.0449, Mounties 1.5283. Wins, Beers 3, Mounties 1. Saves, Beers 3, Mounties 2. Now let's take a look at their weekly averages where the Beers take every category except for saves, but most hitting categories are actually pretty close. Average, Beers 0.255, Mounties 0.254, home runs, Beers 12.9, Mounties 11.6, RBI, Beers 39, Mounties 38.3, runs, Beers 39.6, Mounties 38.6, Stolen Bases, Beers 3.3, Mounties 3.3, Ks, Beers 71.7, Mounties 52.2, Wins, Beers 4.9, Mounties 3.7, Saves, Mounties 3.6, Beers 2.5, ERA, Beers 3.15, Mounties 3.74, Whip, Beers 1.6, Mounties 1.7. Now if we look at their trends for the last three weeks, Beers are pretty average in every category. They are down a little bit in, in average RBIs, Ks, wins, and saves, but they're up in home runs, runs, stolen bases, ERA, and Whip. So kind of even 
five and five. The Mounties are actually down in every category except for home runs and RBI. So it doesn't really bode well from them. And looking at their pitching staff recently, I don't see their um, any help coming anytime soon on their pitching side. Now let's look at their head-to-head -head breakdown for the whole season, not including Week 21, where the Beers are 108, 82, and 10 over the Mounties. And lastly, let's look at the advantage in the number of starts, where the Beers have 13 starts and the Mounties have five starts. That's right, you heard me correctly, only five starts. And let's really hope we don't have a team in the playoffs who can't make the minimum innings limit. Up here, I have a feeling he's just going to get just over the limit. So I'm going to go with the Beers in this one with a score of 7-3 and the Mounties taking home runs, RBIs, and saves. Okay, so quick recap over round one. Rockets over the damage, double downs over the generals, cramps over the elevation, and then Beers over the Mounties. Okay, let's move on to round two where we had the Rockland Rockets playing the Boston Double Downs in the ACL Championship game and the Crawford Cramps playing the Malibu Bay Beers in the PCL championship game. Let's first take a look at the Rockets and the Double Downs who have played each other twice this year. First in week one where the Rockets destroyed the Double Downs 10-0. Batting average Rockets 2.83, Double Downs 2.39, Home Runs Rockets 15, Double Downs 9, RBI Rockets 55, Double Downs 39, Runs Rockets 65, Double Downs 41, Stolen Bases Rockets 8, double downs 4, K's, Rockets 111, double downs 89, ERA, Rockets 3.6735, double downs 3.6818, WHIP, Rockets 1.1633, double downs 1.3884, WINS, Rockets 8, double downs 6, SAVES, Rockets 4, double downs 2. They then played the week 19 where the game was a lot closer. And it was actually a tie, 5-5. Batting average, double downs, 0.275, Rockets 0.243. Home runs, double downs 13, Rockets 9. RBIs, double downs 43, Rockets 33. Runs, double downs 43, Rockets 44. Stolen basis, Rockets 4, double downs 2. Ks, Rockets 85, double down 76. ERA, double downs 2.9856, Rockets 3.1200, WHIP, Rockets 1.333, double downs 1.2981, WINS, Rockets 8, double downs 5, SAVES, double downs 5, Rockets 3. Now let's take a look at their weekly averages where the Rockets take 8 of the 10 categories, losing only Ks and WINS. For average, Rockets is 0.268. Double downs is 0.249. Home runs, Rockets 13.5. Double downs 11.6. RBI, Rockets 39.7. Double downs are 39.2. Runs, Rockets are 42.3. Double downs are 36.4. Stolen bases, Rockets are 6.7. Double downs are 3.5. Ks, double downs are 82.4. Rockets are 76.5. Wins, double downs are 5.2, Rockets are 5.1, saves, Rockets are 4.9, double downs are 2.9, ERA, Rockets 3.61, double downs are 
whip, rockets are 1.17, double downs are 1.2. And again, looking at their last three week trends, as mentioned earlier, rockets are trending up and everything, except for average stolen bases in ERA, and the double downs have been trending down and everything, except for saves and wins. Now let's take a look at their head-to-head -head breakdown for the whole season, again, not including week 21, where the Rockets are 120, 70, and 10 over the double downs. And lastly, let's take a look at the who has the advantage in starts, and this is a little bit tricky going out a week ahead. It looks like they both will have 10 starts each, but uh, I'm not 100% sure on that. So with all that being said, I'm going to go with the Rockets over this one, and the score being 7-3 with the double downs taking RBI, Ks, and wins. And if by chance in round one the damage beat the Rockets, I see the damage also beating the double downs in this round also. Now let's move on to the Cramps and the Beers matchup. And these two teams have also faced each other twice during the regular season. First in week four, where the Cramps destroyed the Beers 9-0-1, only tying in saves. Batting average, Cramps 0.302, Beers 0.278. Home runs, Cramps 17, Beers 9. RBI, Cramps 51, Beers 32, Runs, Cramps 52, Beers 41, Stolen Bases, Cramps 7, Beers 2, Ks, Cramps 86, Beers 84, ERA, Cramps 2.9647, Beers 4.7009, Whip, Cramps 1.0353, Beers 1.2857, Wins, Cramps 6, Beers 5, and they both tie with two saves. They then met up in week 17, where it's a little bit closer, but the Cramps still won 6-3-1. Batting average, Cramps 0.271, Beers 0.227. Home runs, Beers 16, Cramps 11. RBI, Beers 45, Cramps 31. Runs, Cramps 45, Beers 34. They tied in stolen bases with one each. Ks, Cramps 81, Beers 65. ERA, Cramps 3.2. 5735, Beers 3.9218, Whip, Beers 1.1397, Cramps 1.1801, Wins, Cramps 7, Beers 5, Saves, Cramps 4, Beers 1. Now let's take a look at those weekly averages where the Cramps take every category except for ERA and Whip. Average, Cramps 2.69, Beers 255 home runs cramps 4.14.9 beers 12.9 rbi cramps 41.2 beers 39 runs cramps 43.9 beers 39.6 stolen bases cramps 5.5 beers 3.3 k's cramps 75.2 beers 71.7 Wins, Cramps 5.2, Beers 4.9, Saves, Cramps 3.5, Beers 2.5, ERA, Beers 3.51, Cramps 3.78, and Whip, Beers 1.16, Cramps 1.2. And again, looking at those three-week trends, the Cramps are again trending low in their hitting categories of average home runs and RBIs. Not low in K's and wins. And the beers are about five and five, where they're kind of rotating back and forth between multiple categories. 
If we look at their head-to-head breakdown for the whole season, again, not including Week 21, the Cramps are 107, 78, and 15 over the Beers. And then again, we're looking at number of starts for that week. Looks like the Cramps have 11 starts and the Beers have 9 starts. And really, this is just going to come down to, did the Cramps get back on course with their hitting categories and start hitting like the, the, the number one team that they are in those cats. So I'm going to go with the cramps in this one with the score being 8-2 and the beers just taking the ERA and whip. So we'll have the rockets over the double downs and the cramps over the beers. Well, I'm really going out on a limb here. I'm taking the two best teams to match up in the championship game. I can see where the double downs on the beers win their matchups, but I'm just going to take the boring route and take what the stats are telling me. So that brings us to the championship game between the Rockland Rockets and the Crawford Cramps. These two teams only played each other once in the regular season, and that was in Week 12. And guess what happened? The Cramps destroyed the Rockets 8-2-0, taking all the categories except for ERA and WHIP. Batting average, Cramps. 0.284, Rockets 0.229, home runs, Cramps 20, Rockets 14, RBI, Cramps 47, Rockets 40, runs, Cramps 46, Rockets 36, stolen bases, Cramps 9, Rockets 3, Ks, Cramps 91, Rockets 87, ERA, Rockets 2.0282, Cramps 2.2411, Whip, Rockets 1.0563, Cramps 1.1028, Wins, Cramps 7, Rockets 4, Saves, Cramps 6, Rockets 3. Now let's take a look at those weekly averages one more time, where the Rockets take stolen bases in all the pitching categories, which, this, which if this stands doesn't bode well for the Cramps, if his team is still slumping and the hitting cats going into this championship game. Average, Cramps, 0.269, Rockets, 0.268, Home Runs, Cramps, 14.9, Rockets, 13.5, RBI, Cramps, 41.2, Rockets, 39.7, Runs, Cramps, 43.9, Rockets, 42.3, Stolen Bases, Rockets, 6.7, Cramps, 5.5, Ks, Rockets, 76.5, Cramps 75.2, wins, Rockets 5.1, Cramps 5.2, saves, Rockets 4.9, Cramps 3.5, ERA, Rockets 3.61, Cramps 3.78, Whip, Rockets 1.17, Cramps 1.2. Again, looking at those three-week trends, Everything is trending up for the Rockets, and the Cramps are trending down in their main categories of average, home run, and RBIs. So they need to pick those up in order to win this matchup. Looking at their head-to-head breakdown for the whole season, the Rockets are 98, 92, and 10 over the Cramps, which is extremely close. It's practically a coin flip between these two teams. It's hard to predict who's going to have the advantage to the number of starts. I did a quick look up. Again, I think they're both around 13, 14, but I'm not real sure looking two weeks ahead. So based on all this, I'm going to lean towards the team who's not slumping coming into the playoffs. 
And I'm going to take the Rockets winning this 5-4-1. All right, there you guys have it. I have the Rockets winning the whole thing. I plan on doing a playoff recap after the championship game in a few weeks to see how badly I botched this thing. But anyways, thanks for listening, everybody, and I'll see you soon. Take care.